welcome to the NBA Morning Deuce. It is, well, it's Sunday, but this is for Monday, February. I can't believe it's February 1st already. It's it's wild. And being that it's February 1st and that most teams in the NBA have played, other than the teams that have had major postponements, which is a few, we're we're at the 20-game mark. There's a few... A number of teams who've played over 20 games. The rest of the teams are right around 20 games. So usually on Sunday, what we do is we do overreactions. Um, and so today, instead of doing like the typical overreactions from the week before, we're going to do our quarter season awards, which is a version of overreactions um, because it still is. It is only 20 games in the season, but we're actually, we're more than a quarter of the way because it's only 72 games this year. So, uh, Figure it's a good time uh, to check back on our preseason picks and what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I want to see (laughs) and uh, see where we're at too. And and we're gonna do it. We're gonna actually do two picks per award, so to speak, because we're gonna say who we want for that award in our heart and what our head tells us would be the right pick. We're gonna go heart and head because it could be separate. Could be the same, but could be separate. That work? That works. I've got my picks ready. So before the in, in our preseason awards, we started with six man of the year. I'm not sure how we decided this order in the preseason. It is a random I, order. <laughs> I don't think I had anything to do with it, but maybe I think we just started the show and I was like, we want to start with six man of the year. Yeah, that's probably how it went. Um, so let's start with six man of the year again. So looking back on preseason, we you had Karis Levert. For six man of the year, which obviously that was in play. That was in play. Oh yeah, I mean, it if he would not, first of all, <laughs> yeah, if he never gets traded and keeps playing, there's a very good chance. Although, you know, if they, yeah, there's so many extenuating circumstances. Because mm-hmm. I listened back to the episode too, and I made a good case for Spencer. I didn't pick Spencer Dinwiddie, but I also made a case for Dinwiddie, who mm-hmm. tore his ACL. Obviously, Karis Levert probably won't play this year. If he does, it'll be for not for a long time because of his situation. So. What could you do? And then I picked Trez to win back-to-back. And I guess not that that can't happen, but I don't think he's having a statistical year like I expected him to have with the Lakers. So right. that one seems less in play at this – way less in play at this point, particularly some of the guys that we're probably going to name for our picks here. Yeah. Um, so do you want to start – or you want me to start – How do you, let's start with our who our heart – Who's in our heart for six man of the year? Okay. Um, I'll tell you mine. In my heart, and according to the odds at the moment, it's not a bad pick. In my heart, it's Goran Dragic. He's averaging 16 a game, five, basically five and a half assists. And after the, the way I saw the, this Heat team play without him in the lineup, now they won their last game. Jimmy Butler returned. He played really well. He had 30 the other night in his first game back, but they barely beat the, they beat the Kings by two. He changes the heat dynamic. He's been so good for them. He was great for them last year. He's great for them this year. They're a different team when he's not there. Uh, And I I just think that should go in. That should take account, you know, like he's one of the best players on a team that should be one of the best teams in the East. So in my heart, it's Goran Dragic. I think that's a good pick. And uh, I can't say that crossed my mind when I was making these picks, but probably just because the heat season has been so wacky so far. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're big Goron 
Drogic guys. I um, mean, as of as of like January 27th, I think is the last time they did these odds, or maybe or maybe a few weeks ago, he was he was second in the odds. First, was he really? Oh, wow. yeah. Um, all right, I'll go. My my heart is leaning towards Shake Milton, and I, I can't say that that's too likely to happen. Although on my book, he's third right now at like plus three hundred. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's it's actually I didn't think about it either um, because. It seems like his best games have been when he's been in the starting lineup. But yeah, and so he really like the other thing is when Embiid misses time, like if Embiid is out because of back tightness, which is happening a lot, he's like maybe their no, he is their second best scoring option behind Tobias Harris because he's their third leading scorer on the season with fourteen and a half, um, shooting the ball really well. He's just he's just a really good player, and uh, I, I like him. I liked him when they drafted him. I don't think he's going to win it. But uh, he's got a case. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure we do agree. I think our, our head is in the same place. For yeah, I mean, right it's Jordan Clarkson. He's averaging 18 a game. He leads all bench players who've played, who've come off the bench for X amount of games in scoring. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just playing out of his he's aver- Yeah, he's playing out of his mind. But I will say this. A dark horse candidate, because he hasn't played enough games yet, is Michael Porter Jr. Mm, I like that, yeah. He's averaging 17 a game. He's shooting... Shooting forty nine point one percent from three. Wow! And we've talked many times on this show uh, about how important he is to a team that should be one of the best teams in the West because they have not been great this year. They're starting to play better. They just we'll talk about it again when we get to the MVP conversation. But it's we're, it's Sunday. We're recording a little bit after the Denver Utah game. Denver snapped Utah's eleven game win streak, and Jokic had forty three or forty seven. Excuse me, but. Since Michael Porter Jr. has come back from his COVID situation, he's played really well for them off the bench, and they desperately needed it. So, but he hasn't. I don't think he's played enough games yet. Like the sample size is not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he continues like this, he's right there with Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the the other thing that could hurt him is if I mean he should probably be starting right at some like soon. <laughs> like how mm-hmm. long are they going to stick with Will Barton? Well, over? they're playing better now. I mean, yeah. I think part yeah. of it is that they have that second unit guy who can. Mm-hmm handle the scoring load and he'll play in crunch time probably and all that. And, and Will Barton's still one of your better perimeter defenders. Like you need Barton to play. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if he starts, but, but of course, like until Utah lost this game on Sunday, Utah also is the best team in the NBA record wise. Now they're second to the Clippers. Um, But so that's a big deal. I mean, the guy's one of the leading scorer, Jordan Clarkson, that is one of the leading scorers on the team with the best record in the NBA (laughs) coming off an 11 game win streak. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think as of right now, that's the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, most improved player. So before the season, you picked Kobe White. Yeah. Who's not having a bad year. Yeah, he's fine. He's improved a little bit, but also mm-hmm. just I think that's more usage and being a starter and all that. But it's not not uh, not award winning. Yeah. Um, I picked Marcus Smart, which has not panned out even a little bit. I anticipated him taking all the Gordon Hayward production. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he'd be a starter. I thought he'd, uh, he just – nothing I thought for Marcus Smart has come to – and now he's hurt. He's out for a few weeks now. So that was not a great pick. Yeah. And I, well, now going through this award, this is the hardest award, hands down, to even glean at this point in the year because there's so many guys that I think are in contention. So – I kind of cheated this one a little bit. I have 
two guys that are in my heart. Okay. I have two guys in my head. Interesting. And then I have two dark horses. Wow. Okay. We, we're not on the same page here at all then. Remarkably. Cause well, I think, I think, I think you have a hard on for the guy who is the favorite. So that's part of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would disagree with the hard on part, but <laughs> I'm passionate about him. I think you get wood for the the favorite. No, it's not even him. Oh, oh my it's God. Jeremy, wow. it's Jeremy Grant. It's Jeremy Grant. Okay. Well, okay. So here, let, let's start here. Let's start with the heart. Okay. The heart for me is Gordon Hayward. And it's almost like a long, it's almost like a three year most improved player thing. Because first of all, he's having the, the best year of his career. 23 points a game, which is a career high, up from 17 and a half last year, shooting 42, uh, basically 43% from three, which is the highest since his rookie year. Um, and he, he shot 38% last year. And then the other one who I think really could get it if if either of the favorites t- fall off, Jalen Brown, dude. Mm. Not a lot of – I mean, I think in the odds, the most recent odds I could find for most improved, uh, Jalen Brown – yeah, he. I mean, plus twenty five hundred. If you get that, still is pretty good. That's as of January nineteenth. But he's averaging twenty seven a game, up from twenty a game last year. Fifty three percent from the field, forty four percent from three, which are both way up from last year. And he's had to really hold it down for the Celtics because Jason Tatum's been out a ton. Like he's really had to be the more of the guy than we even anticipated. Uh, so I think, yeah, those are the two guys in my heart that I would think could get it but the other two guys who are your guys in your heart in my heart is jeremy grant and this is the actually the only award where my heart and my head aligned and Uh i have jeremy grant and it's just because i mean the improvement he's averaging almost 11 points more than the previous season um and i feel like i owe it to him because of how badly i doubted his ability to be a leading scorer on a team granted that team's not very good at all but uh, and the reason my heart is there, I've always liked this guy. The Sixers dealt this guy. Brian Colangelo made a horrible trade. They traded Urson, or they traded Jeremy Grant for Urson Ilyasova, and it's just a train wreck. But I think the numbers are there that make him the, the clear oh, – man, Christian Wood is having a good year. It's tough. Um, but I, I think, I think the, the Vegas has Christian Wood right now. Mm-hmm. By a, by Here's the thing. That, what, the, what was Christian the, the ones on the odds I'm looking at? Christian Woods minus 125, which is crazy for a end of season award for somebody yeah, to be that actually back at the odds. And then Jeremy Grant, Jeremy Grant's plus 300, and then everyone else is way further down. Okay, I didn't realize he only averaged 13 a game last year yeah. in Detroit. Um, but you also but, have to, you have to have to take into account minutes, right? And, and definitely, definitely. His minutes are way up. His usage is way up. But I mean, yeah, it's hard to say that a guy who's but Jeremy Grant has made the same improvement. Mm-hmm. But Jeremy Grant's on the worst team in the NBA, and Christian Wood's on probably a playoff team. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That that should give him the ed- Christian Wood the edge for sure. The fact that the Rockets look like they're going to the they could be a playoff team, and and the, the Pistons are really bad. So I don't know. My heart and my head stay the same with yeah. Jeremy Grant. Well, I agree. So here's where. You here's where I actually think I lean. So at my head, I had told you I had two, which was the two favorites. Jer- it's either going to be Christian Wood or Jeremy Grant to me. Mm-hmm. I just think. Um, but I, but I will say this: I probably of the two would probably lean toward Jeremy Grant also because 
when Christian Wood left Detroit, I think a lot of people were like, this kid is so talented. He just needs an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Whereas when Jeremy Grant went to Detroit, everyone was like, what the fuck, dude? Like no one saw this coming in terms of him being this good offensively and, and sustaining it, even on a bad team. Like we thought it would be just such a disaster. Whereas with Christian Wood, we're like, well, the talent's there. So will he get the opportunity, you know, in to to be this guy? Right. So that means and I, Jeremy Grant really has improved leaps and bounds. Whereas Christian Wood maybe hasn't improved. He's just gotten more of an opportunity. I agree. And I don't think there's like a crystal clear um criteria for this award. You know, this is kind of like who Depends what you value more, a guy getting an opportunity and shining or a guy really making strides in his game, which I think should be more of the criteria for for the award. But Yeah. I do have two dark horses. Yeah, well, can I guess one of them? Yeah. Is it Chris Boucher? I mean, is he a no. dark horse? Or he, no. I mean, I he's falling of, off. I think he's fallen off, and a lot of people were all, all over him. I yeah. don't think he would have been a dark horse. I think um, people were high on him. But it, you, it is interesting that there's been a direct correlation, not direct, but there has been a correlation between him falling off a little bit and the Raptors being good. Mm. Like the Raptors have started to play good basketball and Chris Boucher hasn't been their best player. Maybe good there's point. a correlation there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Other guys are starting to, the guys that they need to play well, other than Siakam are starting to play well. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's not Boucher. Uh, one of them is Colin Sexton, who, uh, I mean, it, statistically, he won't get it because his improvement is not as as not as it's not even like in the Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward. I mean, he's only up four points a game from last year, but it's a different four points a game. Like he looks like an he looks like a an all star. Mm-hmm. Like he looks like he's made the leap from a guy with a lot of potential who could score. You know, it, some games he could get you thirty, but you never really know. To like an every night go to guy, he's averaging twenty five a game, up from twenty a game. And his field goal percentage is up above 50%. And more importantly, shooting 44% from three, which I don't think anybody ever thought he could do. And he just looks like, I mean, he looks like a killer. He looks like the kid that played three on five and won a game at Alabama. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, so he's one. And then Malcolm Brogdon is one who's, he's averaging 23 a game up from 17 a game last year. And he has brought, like he, regressed in a big way last year as a shooter. He shot 32% from three coming off that 50, 40, 90 year. And now he's back up above 40% from three. And with all the injuries they've had, right. With the, with TJ Warren and now old Depot being out and Turner has been out some and Sabonis has been, he's had to be like their main guy. So he's another guy who I think has elevated from really good player in the league, like really solid to an all-star level player. And I think that should be part of the criteria, but it, it's more of a stat. Thing. Yeah. I think they're still going to give it to the guys with the stats, but these two guys, these are two guys who have elevated their standing within the league to me. Mm-hmm. I think just for me, the reason I wouldn't vote for them is just because I consider like those guys were already very good in my mind, you know, more so um, Brogdon and Colin Sexton. Is, is totally. made but uh, that's why I also like, I don't think Jalen Brown, not that he's hasn't improved, but. Jalen Brown, in my eyes, is just so good already. Like yeah, that's he's more got, of he's a, averaging twenty seven a game. You probably didn't even realize that. I, yeah, like, that is. I actually but, I realized him and Tatum were both averaging twenty seven, which was outrageous the other day. Right. Um, so it's like, I mean, to go from twenty to twenty seven, it would be it, it's like it's different to go from twelve to twenty three. Like going when you're already averaging twenty a game to jump seven points, 
to like elite score in the league status. It, mm. It's almost, it's almost, it's almost certainly harder, right? Like, yeah. And to do it on the, the efficiency 50, 50, 40, and almost 90 averaging 27 a game. Like those are, Dude, they're insane numbers. Those are, aren't those MVP numbers? <laughs> they're really, really. F- is he a sleeper pick for MVP? Because he's on one of the best teams in the league. Uh, I don't, th- I don't think so because Tatum missed all that time. So I feel like his numbers might, might dip a little bit with Tatum getting the bulk of the shots. But I mean, I'm not taking away from how damn good he's been. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, but I, I agree. I think it's right now. It would be hard to say that it's not. Uh, Jeremy Grant, just based off of the history of what the award usually is. Mm-hmm. And also, I think he was just such a clear, solid role player last year mm-hmm. and is now such a clear star. You know, although was... like although like last year, it was Brandon Ingram, who is a, mm-hmm. a guy who was supposed to be a stud, didn't look like he might be a bust and then became a stud. So I don't know. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, all right, let's do coach of the year. So before the year we both took Spo, which has not worked out very well. Anything's possible. I will make- say that, yeah. So if the Heat turn it around, then it's like he dealt with, a t- like they got crushed by COVID and they turn it around. And if he can scrape up a four, top four seed, now, could be in play. That's true. But I will tell you this, the guy in my heart that is coach of the year and very well may end up being coach of the year um, has dealt with, just as much of a COVID, if not worse, COVID situation, Taylor Jenkins. Hmm. So Taylor Jenkins in Memphis starts out the year without Jaron Jackson. Then John Morant gets hurt. And we're talking about how this might be the worst team in the NBA without John Morant. Without him, and now they're currently, they're on a six-game win streak. Three of those games were without John Morant. And they've also had six games postponed because of COVID. So they've they won three in a row, had five games postponed, came back, won two games in a row, had a game postponed and came back and then won. So they're they're like going through all this COVID shit. They have the second best defense in the NBA, and they're fifth seed in the West right now. That's a great case. I mean, that's a really, really good case. And it's not someone that crossed my mind, but and for some reason, unless they just don't ever update coach of the year, I think there's still really, you can, if you, if you can find a book that'll let you bet coach of the year, mm-hmm. I see him at like plus, get... 20, plus 2,500 plus 3000. Like he's still, I think because they generally give it to the guys with higher seeds. That's what I'm kind of thinking. I do think that. But if this team makes the playoffs after the shit they've gone through this year, how do you not at least have, he's going to get votes. Mm-hmm. It's a good pick. Uh, should I go heart? You, that, that's in your heart, right? That's my so heart. Deep yeah. in your heart? Okay. Yeah. In my heart, I'm going with Monty Williams. And I think it's possible because I think the Suns have a very big run in them to to get up into those top three seeds in the West. We, we know it's possible just with how good they look. Uh, they're only a couple games back at the moment. And uh, I, I just like Monty Williams. I think he's, he's – I mean, everyone says he's just this amazing guy. Everything he's um, been through too, like to come back and – Mm-hmm. coach and be you know successful is awesome yeah i and my only problem with him is i it's like the lebron thing but less to like a lesser extent like most of the credit's going to go to chris paul if this team is really successful this year so yeah i think that'll take away in the narrative in the media narrative uh in my head it's quinn snyder 
I don't know how it could be anybody else at this point. I, I know they just lost on Sunday, but, and, but I mean, this is the team that last year when they traded for Mike Conley and, and this is where I'll talk about media narrative di- playing into it. When they traded for Mike Conley, there were teams that thought there were, there were some media members who probably have votes who said this would be the best team in the West or a top two team in the West. And then they weren't. And now they have the opportunity to say, Oh, told you so. So the second best record in the NBA, they had 11 game win streak. They're top five in offense and defense, which is that's how you win a champion. Those are championship teams. I'm not saying this is a championship team, but 20 something games into the season, he's doing, I mean, with, with that roster, where, you know, I'm not trying to be a Shaquille O'Neal or anything, but like Donovan Mitchell is good. I mean, he's an all-star. He's probably right at the tier below being one of the top guys in the NBA. Like he's, but he's, he's a very good player, but that's your best player. Um, everybody else is just good. I mean, Rudy Gobert is a, a all world defensive player, but then he just got a bunch of like really good role players and they're playing their asses off. So mm-hmm. my head tells me it's Quinn Snyder. And I still think his odds are really, you can get really good odds on him right now too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no qualms there. I, I think if it ended today, he would probably get it because of this the streak. Well, it was just snapped, but they were on fire leading up to this game. I'm going to go Doc Rivers, and I, yeah. I think the case can be made in that you know heading into the season, it kind of appeared Embiid and Simmons could not play together, you know, mm-hmm. and they've been outstanding on the court together. So it's kind of like um, it's a clear cut like something he fixed almost, you know. Now, his roster does make a lot more sense without Al Horford and you bring in some shooters and stuff like that. Um, and it hurts to say this because I love Rip Brown so much. But uh, Doc Rivers is is making these pieces work really well. And if they're a top three seed in the East, I think he's going to get it. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it, it makes sense. Because that all makes sense. Actually, that's true. I mean, like the whole... Uh, ben Simmons, Joel Embiid dynamic, and then playing as well as they're playing. It's such like a tangible thing for voters to look at, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fair. I have no no qualms there. I mean, I mm. think if it if it ended today, actually, he might get it. He might get just it just because yeah. of narratives. But I think what Utah's doing, although you know who would maybe get it if it ended today, would be Ty Lue. Yeah, because suddenly Rickard really does line. usually dictate i mean mm-hmm. i feel like the past couple have been one or two seeds I, would, I, think. I think it's usually up there yeah yeah um oh we'll see on that one uh all right then let's go defensive player of the year i think you mean depoy shout yeah, out depoy sorry depoy so before the season you had uh you had draymond which i guess remains to be seen like i'm i on like full disclosure i didn't dig into golden state. I, I was going to dig in and see like, how has golden state been? I mean, they've obviously been a better team since Draymond came back, but is it their defense? I know their offense has actually been better since he got back too. So, but it's hard for me to say whether that's a potential pick. So maybe mm-hmm. uh, I took Anthony Davis, which I think is still very much in the running, but I'll tell you why it, it's not. So my heart, I'm still going with Anthony Davis because I picked him. Mm-hmm. And he still has a chance, so I got to go with him with my heart. But digging into the Lakers' numbers, and also, by the way, Lakers have the best defense in the NBA right now, like statistically and just when you watch them. they It's just absurd. Like when they turn it on and play defense, 
you're not scoring on them, it, but it's a team effort. It's not just AD, but he is technically the best defensive player on the best defensive team. So, you know, that should count for something. But if you dig into the, like the analytics, their defensive rating is worse when he's on the floor and better when he's off the floor this year. It's probably one of those scenarios where you're like, let's we're overthinking the stats because mm-hmm. obviously AD is AD, but statistically speaking, the defensive rating goes down when he's is down when he's on the floor and up when he's off the floor. So I don't for that he's in my heart. He still could get it, but I think the guy who's in my head is like the runaway right now. So it's probably the same as mine. If we want to go bear, well, with... no, no. Oh, that's your really? heart. Is, it, is no, it that's bear? in my head. My head. No, was... no, 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 no. Really? Yeah, I think he's the favorite right now. Yeah, it's Miles Turner. Okay, I don't think he's a runaway. Rudy Gobert. I mean, I think if the media was voting, it would be Miles Turner. Hmm, okay. Um, um, they're like right now. Well, who's in your heart? Who's your heart? Clint Capella. Um, and that's because the the Hawks defense is night and day better, and that's, true. that's, that's what you point. point to. And his numbers are insane. He had ten blocks the other night. Yeah. Um, and you know, I feel like this award typically goes to like teams where like everyone on the team is a good defender. You know what I mean? Like got Trey young up there who can't guard anyone. And this Hawks team is, is fantastic defensively. Yeah. And so oh, yeah. yeah, Clint Capella is really, really good. good. I, I think he's like I didn't plus 8,000 right now, which is. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's not even on the list that I have. So really? that's one, that's a definitely a dark horse because their defense, they have been winning with defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll say so. Obviously, Rudy's an is they have a top five defense, and he's their guy. But with Miles Turner, so right now the Pacers are like outside the top ten in defensive rating. But when Miles Turner's on the floor, they have the best. They would have the best defensive rating in the NBA. Like their their defensive rating goes from one hundred nine on the season. When he's on the floor, it's one hundred four. That's an absurd. It's significant. Impact. That's what they and would when say. He's off the, when he's off the floor, it's one twelve, which would mm. be even further. They'd be in like the twenties. Yeah. Um, and he's missed games. So you got to take that into account. I just think, and not that it is an indicator of defensive player of the year, but the blocks, like he's averaging four blocks a game mm-hmm. and it's a, a, almost a block and a half more than Rudy Gobert. Who's next at 2.7. Um, so maybe it's not a runaway because the Rudy Gobert uh, is a good choice. And, and I bet AD would probably get some votes, even though he probably doesn't deserve it at the moment just because of how good the Lakers defense is. But if you really dig into what Miles Turner is doing this year, it's crazy. Yeah. I'd Um, like to see him win. I like Miles Turner. Um, Maybe, maybe it's just in my head because I really looked into the numbers closely, Mm -hmm. but, and he's not on the list either. I don't think for he's really, no, he's got, Oh yeah, he is second. I think in on mine, he's fourth. Really? This is from January 19th. So, um, I thought he was second behind Gobert right now. I think that's pretty good value because the like, especially for voters, yeah. the four blocks really pops out of you. Like that's like that's like if he sustains that, I, I think oh, it's crazy. It. Dude. I just don't crazy. think it'd be absurd if he sustained four blocks throughout the whole year. We'll see. Yeah, but I think the defensive rating number, if you dig in and really mm-hmm. look, right, I'm sure some of the reason why their defense is not top ten is because of the games that he missed. Mm-hmm. So, How bad they are without him? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he, yeah, he, it has been a real difference when he's not there for that team. Mm-hmm. So, 
uh, yeah, maybe maybe not as automatic as I thought because of the name recognition, but it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's having an absurd year. Um, all right, let's go to rookie of the year. Okay. So before the year, you had James Wiseman, which is still very much in play, I think. Uh, the odds right now, at least from what I have, he's third. That's what I saw too. Yeah. Um, so that's a good one. I had Isaac Okoro, and I guess I just fell in love with the priest. I just didn't know enough. Like he looked amazing in preseason, he but he just so doesn't good. get any shots. You know. Yeah. I mean, we underestimated Colin Sexton's ascendance this year. Yeah. And also, just like Drummond takes a ton of shots. I mean, he, he just. Yeah, he does. He, There's he, not really room for him to accrue stats. And he also got hurt for a little bit, and I think he fell out of the rotation a little, and he still plays, but yeah, just not enough. This is a very much stat-driven award. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you have in your heart for rookie? I have Tyrese Halliburton in my heart because I popped a $5 bet down on him at the beginning of the season, <laughs> and the odds are crazy. And it seems like – I also just – there's something like charming about how – awful his shot looks <laughs> it's like it's really bad looking and it's effective so i like tyrese Halliburton. my heart is emmanuel quickly mm. um i should have saw that one coming yeah he's averaging 12 points like he's right up there in terms of points per game leaders as for rookies he's shooting 36 percent from three and he's only playing 19 minutes a game mm-hmm. uh so you know he's already i i <laughs> I think I might go as far as to say he's already the most popular player the Knicks in New York since since uh, Mello. Like they they fucking love the guy. Knicks I, Twitter is all yeah. over this kid. Like and it's part part of it is because of Wob. Yeah, because <laughs> he's such a big Knicks guy and he tweets about it. But he was listen in this in New York on the same day that Steve Cohen all the shit was happening with the Mets and. Um, there's like trade something with the jet. Like there was a whole bunch of stuff going on in New York sports. Emmanuel quickly was on the back page of the New York post, which is a huge deal in New York. Like that's yeah. a big spot. Really? So big um, they love him, and they're already, and people already like want Tibbs his head. Cause they won't, cause he won't start him and he's not playing him more minutes. So in my heart, it's Emmanuel quickly because he's like reju- He's he's part of the reason why they're rejuvenating the Knicks, and he's good. I mean, he's and and in case you missed it on Sunday, he had one of the most wholesome moments I've ever seen on a basketball court, ever. I, well, I missed it. What was it? They're playing. They played the Clippers, and he checked into the game, and Lou Will was in the game, and he literally just walked up to Lou Will and said, "You're one of my favorite players." <laughs> That's awesome. And Lou Will was like, "Appreciate you," and that was it. And it's like, it's like. Most play most professional athletes wouldn't do that because mm-hmm. they'd be like, "Oh, I can't, can't do that." He's just like, he's like a kid. He's yeah. probably so happy to be in the NBA. He sees Lou Will. By the way, he might be Lou Will. Like that's maybe what his role is in this league because he's kind of small to be a full time point guard. I think I don't know that he's ever going to be a great defender, but man, he can score. He can really score. He had twenty five in like twenty seven minutes against the Clippers. Like he can really play. That's my heart. That's that is a passionate Manuel, plea for that. Manuel I mean, that, quickly has stuff. my heart. Yeah. Uh, who do you have? Who's in your head? In my head, it's uh, it's Lamelo Ball. Um, yeah, it is. And it's so weird, man. Like I'm sure there's got like you know guys you watch them play and you know they're very good, but you just don't like their game. 
Like he's one of them for me. I just don't like his game. And I just, I have a hard time believing in three or four years, he's going to be a superstar, but probably will be. We'll see. I'll say this too. If you, since James Borrego sort of publicly called him out for his turnovers, he's been playing great. Like the last week or so, he has been playing out of his mind. He had a crazy putback dunk the other night. That was awesome. He's shooting 36% from 38% from three right now. Um, And he's averaging like 12, six and six. Like, it's a stat. This is more so than any other award, a stat-driven award. I can't imagine him if he continues. Plus, if he keeps playing better, he's going to become a starter. He's going to get more minutes. Um, yeah, I don't see if this continues. Yeah, he's how it's he's not the runaway him. right now, now. Wiseman could very much get it because uh, he's a very, lot of time. He's really important mm-hmm. to that that team to for him to develop and ascend. But they have started to play a lot better since they put him on the bench. Mm-hmm. So. And this is an award that does, I feel like pretty often change it. Like there's a guy running away with it and then it swings back later in the season because the rookie wall is such a real thing, you know? Yep. Um, so this one, this is going to be, I think a tight race. I think ball is well out in front right now, but it's definitely not decided. Yeah. What are the, I think the odds he's minus something. I think right now Halliburton is second. Yeah, yeah, he's But yeah, he has minus odds, which is crazy for an award like to have minus odds at this point mm-hmm. in the year is crazy. Uh let's do so the only one left, well the only official award that we have left is MVP. Um but let's do we didn't do executive of the year before the season. I'm not sure why. I think it's cuz it's not I don't think it's like considered an official NBA award. Um but let's do it cuz I think it's an interesting one. Um, in my heart, it's Rob Palenka. Okay. Um, I mean, just winning a championship and then totally reconstructing the roster and going out and getting the first and second place guys in six man of the year and just putting perfect, getting Marcus Gasol, uh, Wes Matthews, getting just like a perfect roster around LeBron and AD to be better than they were last year and be clearly the best team in the NBA, at least in my estimation at the moment. So in my heart, it's Rob Palenka. He'll never get it. He'll never get voted because everyone will always give LeBron James credit. So I don't think he would ever get it. However, this award gets voted on, he'll never get it. But I think he does deserve a lot of credit um, for how good this team is because they the roster is totally different other than LeBron and AD, and they're they're better. Yeah. It's hard to get better after winning a chance. It's hard to get like almost impossible. <laughs> it's hard to get like, unless you're the Warriors and you get KD, right? But like, it's hard to just get like what seems like substantially better from a championship year. And it seems like they got substantially better from their championship year. At least early on, it looks that way. Yeah. Who's in your heart? My heart. And I'm skewing Sixers, and I know I'm skewing Sixers, but that's where my heart lies is with the Sixers. So Daryl Morey is in my heart to win this award. Damn, and that's a good one. trading Al Horford was a stroke of genius. I didn't think that was even possible, but he sniffed out the one guy who's desperate enough for first-round picks to do it. And uh, then he's also pretty definitively seems to have won this Seth Curry for Josh Richardson trade. Seth Curry has been a huge addition for the Sixers. So he, he has a chance, but that's who's in my heart. He, let's see if he lands J.J., That'd be nice, man. The report came out today or on Sunday that um, 
that he that the the Nets, the Celtics, and the Sixers are the front runners for JJ. Nice. But that JJ's family lives in Brooklyn and he bought like a four million dollar loft or something in Brooklyn or something. Quick train ride. Quick train ride up there from Philly. That's fine. Yep. Uh in my so actually Daryl Morey's a good one. And if they finish with the top seed or one of the top seeds, he he would probably get it. I think it's Sean Marks in my head. That's why I have like having Kevin Durant and Kyrie and being able to pull off the Harden trade. And it, I feel like I'd be shocked if they don't finish the regular season with the best record in the East. I just, they're too, they're too talented. Teams don't play great defense in the regular season. They're just going to outscore everyone. Um, you mean like KD didn't play the other night and Harden and Kyrie just went nuts and beat whoever they're, I mean, they're just too talented uh, to not finish towards the top of the East and, you got to give the guy credit. He swung for the fences and he has two MVPs on his team and another all-star. It's, just, mm-hmm. it's the only way you're going to beat the Lakers potentially. Yeah. And I have Sean Marks as well. And I think this award is unique in the sense that it kind of, it has to date back a couple of years. It can't just be about this year. So like you have to factor in fantastic draft picks that allow you to go out and trade for James Harden, you know, like it, it's kind of like hmm. things you did in the past paying off now that win you this award, I think. At least yeah. I think that's how it should be voted. But like to nail draft picks, like Lever- I, I believe they drafted Levert, right? I don't no, think they, they drafted Levert or Dinwiddie. Oh, really? Well, they, they drafted Allen. Got him, so mm-hmm. They drafted they Jared Allen. Allen. Yeah. yeah. But um, Dinwiddie definitely because he was on the Pistons, I think. Okay. Then I shouldn't say um, draft, but the way you acquire Levert, young talent. Maybe Levert. Joe Harris. They mm-hmm. definitely got Joe. No, Joe Harris was on the Cavs. No, he, he just went out and got guys that other teams didn't want. Well, that's as good as drafting, right? No, it's the same. It's more important. No, no, listen. <laughs> I just cheated my own. No, no, but listen, it's more important, okay? Yeah. Because if you look at the history of most GMs' drafts, they fail. It's so hard to know if a player is going to be good coming out of college, especially those guys like the Dinwiddies and the Joe Harris's and the Karis Leverts. So being able to look at a guy early in his career on another team and say, well, now we see how he fits in the NBA and bring him in and develop him, it's harder. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's or it's more important. More important, yeah. Because generally speaking, you. teams that win ch- – look, I, I, I'm i going to go on my draft pick rant again, right? But it, look at the Lakers. They didn't draft anybody on that team. Maybe Alex Caruso. I don't know. Did they Cruz, draft Alex maybe? Did they Kuzma, Kuzma yeah. yeah. Um, but, but the players that are going to win them titles or that won them title last year's title. Like, uh, look, Golden State, there's no way you could have seen that, right? Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Uh, and Looney was a big part of that, and they drafted him, and Harrison Barnes. They dra- I mean, they did it. They did it, but it's so rare. I mean, it's so hard to do. Most teams that win championships, they're built off of you know, going out and finding the right pieces. I guess you could say the Spurs did it too. Because mm. most other teams, no. So... um. Yeah, I mean, just to your point, he's done a good job of evaluating and finding the right guys. But on, oh, by the way, the, the, the Maury thing, I'm glad you brought up Maury because I, I didn't even think about it. I saw a really funny tweet the other day about Maury that was basically like that was involved like all this stuff that's going on with the stock market. And mm-hmm. um, they, somebody was saying like Daryl Maury should, should be investigated for short selling the big man in the NBA. <laughs> because now every team since Daryl Morey went away from bigs, every team in the NBA went away from bigs. And then he left and went to the team with the most dominant big in the NBA. And, is and like, he might be MVP. <laughs> and he might be MVP. 
like, like, like he knew, like he was like, I'm going to change the whole dynamic of the league. Everyone's going to stop playing centers. And then I'm going to go run the team with the best center in the NBA. That's pretty, pretty good. That's a pretty good tweet. Whoever that was. That's, yeah, that's, I don't even remember what it was, but it was funny. Uh, all right, let's do uh, let's finish up with MVP. Um, before this season, you had LeBron, which spot on at the, I, I guess like he's, he has the best odds right now. Um, I had Luca, which is obviously not working out. I don't even think Luca's on the board at the moment in the, where I'm looking. Yeah. I think um, Vegas is going to make out huge there because so many people bet him. Um, it's not part, it's not entirely his fault, but I do no. also think part of my reasoning after listening to our preseason episode Part of my reasoning was that the narrative has already been written and that the media loves Luca. And I think some people are turning on Luca. I think this team hasn't been good and he complains so much. I don't think people like it. And coming back not in shape was really not good for his yeah. image, I don't think. So I don't, even if they come back and play really well, it's all uphill battle for him to even get back in the mix at this point. Yeah. Um, do you want me to go with my heart or you want to tell me your heart? I think everyone knows who's in my heart and it's Joel Embiid. We don't need to talk. We just kind of talked about it, but he looks so friggin' good. It's, he's just dominant. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. So my heart is LeBron. Mm. Um, I just want him to get it. Yeah. And I think he deserves it. And by the way, on the whole defensive player of the year, Anthony Davis thing, when LeBron's on the floor, their defense is better than what their season defensive rating is. So there's that. Um, but he's, yeah, he's just having, I mean, look, he's the best player on the planet, on the best team on the planet. And he's playing some of his best basketball in his career at the right. I mean, in his 18th, it's just crazy. He just deserves, I think he deserves it. I just, I still think it's really tough for a, a guy with another, with a guy like Anthony Davis to win it, to get enough votes. I just think people will knock him down a peg for the fact that he plays with another guy who's going to be in MVP voting, right? So like basketball references um, MVP tracker right now has LeBron four and Anthony Davis six. It's just, it's just hard. Yeah. It's the same reason I don't think Kawhi Leonard has a chance, even though, Kawhi Leonard is playing out of his mind right now. He's averaging 26 and he's shooting 50, 40, 90. Like he's having an incredible year and they have the best record in the NBA. I just don't think he'll get it because Paul George is 50, 50, 90 right now, still <laughs> averaging 24 a game. So it's, so it's hard for me to think that those guys will get it locked in just because of the split or the votes that they'll lose because they say, oh, well, he's playing with this guy. But in my heart, I want it to be LeBron. I think he deserves it at this point. Who's in your head? In my head is LeBron, but I have, I have two guys. Cro like I have Jokic crossed out here. Um, it's just, this one was super tough. Like I'm not very like, but LeBron, we know this award is so narrative driven. And I just think the narrative here is look, this guy could have won the MVP like the last 10 years. And how many has he got three total in his career? I don't know. It's, he's either got three or four total MVPs. And I just think it's like, like, look what he did in like, he wins an NBA championship with the third team. You know, we can't vote on that. He gets finals MVP, but it's just, 
I think the narrative is there that like it's okay. It's been too long since we gave this guy his MVP that he's deserved. So that's who's in my head. But that's that's me assuming that that the writers are going to think like that. And I don't know. Right. I don't know. Well, in my head, it's it's Embiid. And actually, mm-hmm. so on Basketball Reference, I don't know how they do their award tracker. Honestly, it says on here ranks candidates based on a model built using previous voting results. This list does not represent the opinion of the site. Rather, these are players that the voters are likely to target. That's interesting. That's probably based on st- stats and wins, I'm assuming. So, right? Jokic is one. Mm-hmm. And then Embiid is Embiid's two. Now, it's worth noting, as we talked about at the top, on Sunday, Jokic had 47 and beat the Jazz, who had the best record in the NBA. And won. So Jokic is obvious. And the, the Nuggets are playing better. They're 12-8 and eight now. Uh, they should finish in the top four in the West. So he will very much be in the conversation. He's averaging close to a triple double, like, and he's averaging 26 a game. So he will very much be in the conversation. But for me, Joel Embiid's having the best year of his career. And I still believe, even though it has suddenly be it, the MVP award has more become of a stat related award. I still think value should play a big, deal in this and not that like LeBron is not the most valuable player to the Lakers, but if LeBron sat for 20 games, the Lakers are a playoff team, right? Because they have Anthony Davis. They have Dennis. I mean, they have a, they're loaded. Now they're not winning a championship without LeBron, but the Sixers are not a playoff team without Embiid. Like we've seen this year, that team stinks when Embiid doesn't play. Like it's hard to watch yep. on nights when Embiid doesn't play. He's averaging 28 a game, but even more impressive to me is, from the field, which is the first time in his career he shot over 50% from the field, which is absurd to even think about. And now he's shooting 40% from three, and he's below three three three-point attempts a game. Um, 11 rebounds, I mean, 11 rebounds, a block and a steal. I mean, he's just – and their defense is better when he's on the floor. It's substantially worse when he's off the floor. Like, all around, he's just having – He's having the best year of any player in the NBA. It's hard for anybody to argue with me. I mean, I would have a hard time believing that anybody else is. And they have the best record in the East. Uh, So if they finish with the best record in the East, I don't even think it's going to – I think the voters – plus we talk – I've told you where I think voters will go with their narrative of of Embiid, which was the maturity thing, which was, you know, we always wanted – we all touted the the dominance of Joel Embiid and – and then for a long time, it was like he worried about all the other things other than being the most dominant player. Um, and then all of a sudden now, you never hear from him. He doesn't talk. He's not all over social media. He got rid of all that shit. And he's an MVP. So I think voters, if they continue to play this way and they finish with the best record, I don't see a scenario where – I mean, I obviously I can see a scenario – because if like if Denver somehow goes nuts and finishes with the best record, Jokic could easily get it. But for me, in my head right now, it's Embiid. That gets me very excited, Joey. Um, the other guy, maybe... <laughs> the okay. other guy who we talked about a lot preseason, who still has a very good chance, but I think his chances got hurt by the Harden trade is Kevin Durant, who's yes, averaging thirty. He's... And I think there will be some sentimental votes because he's coming off of an Achilles and looks better than he's ever looked. But I do think there will be – if I was a voter and I looked at that team, I'd be like, well, is he the most valuable player in the league when he plays with James Harden and Kyrie Irving? Even though I still think yes, because that's another thing where it's like take Kevin Durant off that team. 
uh, they're probably destined to just implode with, if it was just James Harden and Kyrie Irving, can you imagine? Oh my God. Yeah. Like right now, everyone would be like, oh, this team stinks. Like this team's talented, but they stink. You put Kevin Durant on that team. It's a different, it's a whole different world. Yep. So he's still in the mix. Um, They have Giannis on here, which is crazy. Like Giannis is, there's no chance. And then by the way, if we were, (laughs) I'll put this out there. If we did our regular, like weekly overreactions, my one of my overreactions was going to be Milwaukee's not good. Whew. Um, they're five, they're 11 and eight right now. They're five and oh against the teams that, that they've played in their division, which is Detroit, Chicago, and Cleveland. They're two and three against 500 teams, 500 or better teams. And the two wins were against the Warriors before Draymond came back and the Hawks. They're, they're not, they're not a very good team right now. If they, if they get to 500, like they're eight, 11 and eight. If they get to 500, I think Budenholzer's fired. That I agree with. I don't think they're going to get there just because they're so good at destroying the teams that they should be, you know, yeah. like their defense is awful. They, they, they have they, the, they have the best offensive rating in the league and their defense is atrocious this year. The thing they've had going for them for so long, it like, is they just crush bad teams. Like their differential, they have the best differential at plus seven in the league. Not that they're scoring that, so much. Yeah. Like that stat is kind of, it's whatever, but um that is quite the overreaction. I, I would not go that far, but you know how I feel about Giannis and about the Bucks. I don't think they're going to do. I don't know if they're going to even make. I don't think they're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Like I'm with you in that they are. They're not an elite team, but I can't go so far as to say they're not good. Well, <laughs> you know that? what I mean, though. Yeah, you know okay. What I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah, they're not as good as we I think mean, they are. Yeah, they're not as good gotcha. as we think they are, or that people think they are. Mm-hmm. I think even at eleven and eight, everyone's just like, "Oh, the Bucks will. They'll be fine." I don't think so. Like, I think there's a chance they could go on some slides. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's going to get Budenholzer fired for sure. If this oh, they, <laughs> gets yeah, to 500, I mean, yeah. that guy's They're gonna. Job. I mean, they got to keep, even though Giannis signed the extension, they still got to keep him happy. Right. Like mm-hmm. the, they can end up next year with him. I don't think he would do it, but who knows? Like if they, if they get bouncing like the first round guy could be, who knows? The question is who coaches that? Like, the problem is Giannis, which is weird to say because of how good he is, but the problem is Giannis. Mm-hmm. Is there a coach that's going to come in and convince him that he's a post player? You know, like it's going to be hard to do. It is. And they are staring down the barrel of a very difficult first round matchup. Like if they slip to four or five, like, the, I mean, you could be playing the Celtics. You could be playing heat. The heat could be in the mix. Pacers are tough. Um, the, the Bucks could be in trouble in that first round. That would be that would be absurd. That would be crazy. Mm-hmm. But also, a lot of it's gonna like if Budenholzer gets fired, who knows? Like, yeah. Who knows who do they bring in a coach? Is there an interim? Like midseason firings are tough, mm-hmm. um, especially for a team that has championship aspirations. It, I mean, take I a look know. at their schedule. I just feel like they're they're too reliable at beating bad teams that they're going to be fine in the regular season. Right. Yeah. That's got true. Portland, Indiana, Cleveland twice. It's I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, was there any news from this past weekend that we need to discuss before we get out of here since we're done with our picks? Obviously, we would normally go through the games from today but or from Sunday, but we wanted to do this midseason award. So tomorrow we'll, we'll get back to recapping the day and the night. Um, we talked about 
Nets, Sixers, Celtics as potential trade destinations for JJ. Marcus Smart is out two to three weeks with a calf strain. Nets brought back Iman Shumpert, oh, yeah. which is interesting. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I like Shumpert. I mean, I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know what he has. Like, if he has something left in the tank defensively, that's a great move. Oh, my but. God. I didn't see this. Tyler Hero's housemate, whatever that means. I don't know who's living at his house, tested positive for COVID-19. Um, and they're and they're uncertain whether he's going to have to quarantine due to the exposure. Man, housemate, whatever that means. He's a, he's he's a roommate. I mean, he's twenty years, twenty one years old. So he has so much money. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's probably just somebody who lives. It's just his boy. Like yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Um, my guy DeAndre Hunter di- diagnosed with I've never heard of this articular wear and tear in his knee. That's the terminology. Yeah, articular wear and tear. Articular. What, what is artic? I don't know. What is that even getting at? Articular. MRI arteries, right? DNA. Oh, artery wear and tear. Articular wear and I don't know. I'm look. I'm googling articular right now. Stand by. Oh no, relating to a joint or the joints. So it's just wear and tear on old, his joints. So that's not a good sign. No, he's that's 23 not. 23 years old. He's got old man knees. I mean, every that's, single that's person not, in the league has, has articular, articular wear and tear. So. Exactly. That's that was my honestly. That was my first thought when I saw this. Was like, dude, everyone has knee. so, but he had to leave the game the other night because his knee was bothering him. So that's not good. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, we oh, and the Knicks are basically in the mix for basic. At any time a player becomes available now, or potentially like now, it says they're monitoring Zach Levine, with which, by the way would be amazing for the That'd Knicks. That'd be fantastic, yeah. But what would you have to give up? I mean, are you going to give up R.J. Barrett? Are you going to give up quickly? Probably, but I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. for a guy like that. Just, there's so imagine, many Imagine people, Zach Levine in the garden. Oh, be man, they, would lo- they would love that guy. There's just so many people in New York. There are so many Knicks fans that they write these articles. Like, you can link anybody to the Knicks because it's going to get... Yeah, let's see who this is from. Yeah, it's from Ian Bagley, who's with SNY. So, yeah. But... I'd probably give up just about anything on the, that the Knicks have to get Zach Levine. Yeah. Well, how he's only like 26, right? That's a nice, that's he a might really younger. He might be younger than that. That's he was a really 19. Nice, he came into the league at 19. He's 25. Turns 26 in March. Yeah. That's a great move. That'd, that'd be a great piece to get in the door for sure. Um, let's see. Uh, five first round picks over the next three drafts. The Knicks. Hmm. Um, and he becomes a free agent in 2022. Makes sense. It makes sense. Oof, that would be crazy. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think that's it for today. It's a good show. It's a hell of a show, I think. Good Good pod. Yeah. Good yeah. deuce. Yeah. Um, all right. We will be back tomorrow, and we will recap everything from Monday night. Later. Later. Later.